Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. I'm Brian Wren, one of your pastors. And as usual, it is fantastic to be with you today. Today we close out our two-week mini-series called Follow. And I'm looking forward to sharing what a coin, a pizza, a yield sign, and a mirror have to do with what it means to follow Christ. Kids and students, help your parents track at home when I mention these four things. A coin, a pizza, a yield sign, and a mirror. We name this series Follow for passionately following Christ is what we're all about here at PCC. Specifically, we say our mission is to empower the generations to passionately follow Christ one person at a time. Take a look at this short video to see the journey of what it means to passionately follow Christ. At PCC, we are all about empowering generations to passionately follow Jesus one person at a time. How do empowered generations passionately follow Jesus? By encouraging everyone to journey down what we call the G4 pathway. The G4 pathway is a picture of the life of someone at PCC who is engaged, invested in, and ultimately experiencing what it means to be empowered to passionately follow Jesus. The pathway starts with loving our neighbors well through the BLESS initiative, which is our guide for prayer, care, and shared habits that help us convey God's heart those among us. With BLESS as a foundation, we journey along the transformational loop to the first G, gather. We gather to remember what God has done and to celebrate what God will do. Gathering is great, but because circles are better than rows, we journey to grow together in Christ's likeness in groups. Growth happens best in community through our short-term growth groups and long-term life groups. The next step is to give. God spells love, G, I, V, E. And we are never more like Jesus than when we are giving of our abilities and resources. But we can't stop there. Ultimately, we want to gather, grow, give, and then we want to go. We go into all the world, joining Jesus to the margins and engaging in his restoration plan for the world. So the transformational loop is infinite in its nature, meaning you bless, you gather, you grow, you give, you go again and again and again. At PCC, we believe that if we truly live into the G4 pathway, we will be transformed and healed as we experience the transformation and healing of others. Hey, did you see it? At PCC, following Christ involves gathering to celebrate and remember, growing together in Christ-likeness, giving of our abilities and resources, and going into the world to bring restoration and healing. But we must realize our desire to gather, grow, give, and go stems from what we believe about Jesus and our willingness to follow him. 
Simply put, if you have a lot of believe and follow in you, you most likely have a lot of desire to gather, grow, give and go. But if you have a little believe and follow in you, you most likely have less desire to gather, grow, give and go. So where are you with the amount you believe and are willing to follow Jesus? Though I won't give you 90 seconds to answer, I would like you to ponder it as I share my story. As a kid, my amount of belief within me was much greater than my willingness to follow. Frankly, I never knew I was actually supposed to follow Jesus. Maybe I just missed it, as my older sister often tells me, or maybe I just plain forgot. All I know is this, that I thought believing in Jesus was enough. Can anybody else relate to this? Raise your hand at home or click the heart button in the chat if you can relate to it. To never really being challenged to passionately follow Christ in the past or even to this day. By my 20s, I began to see this differently as I read about how Jesus would interact with others. This became fascinating to me, and I hope it is to you, as I discovered his conversational pattern, which involved inquiring to others about believing and following. See, typically at some point in the conversation with another person, Jesus would ask in some manner, do you believe in me? And or then he would challenge their belief by saying to them, come and follow me. There's this scene in chapter 10 of the book of Mark that contrasts two men and how they responded so differently to Jesus's follow me challenge. The first is a rich young ruler who when Jesus challenged him to follow, it is written that the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. The second was Peter, one of the disciples and students of Jesus, who a few moments later, after witnessing the interaction between Jesus and the rich young ruler, exclaimed, we've left everything to follow you. One man walks away in sadness, unwilling to follow, and the other declares their passion to follow for the rest of their life. It is so interesting to me how both responses reveal their level of belief and their willingness to passionately follow. I want you to see that believing and following go together like two sides of a coin. They're both essential to fully experiencing the journey with Jesus and are both worth considering some more. So now, I want you to take some time to ponder and share with others at home or in the chat the following question about believing and following. What are the consequences when a person only believes in Jesus but doesn't choose to follow him?
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I hope you found that question interesting and challenging. I have seen the three main consequences in my life and others when we only believe and not truly follow. <clears throat> the first consequence is this. We lose out. We lose out on experiencing the full benefits of the kingdom of God. This includes the rich relationship with the creator of all existence. We also lose out on being free from guilt and shame and other things that we get overly attached to. We then can lose out on eternal rewards, on finding our purpose and living the abundant life. When we only believe and not truly follow, the second consequence is this. We live in the dangerous lies, lies such as there's nothing more than what we see. Life is about me. I matter most. I know what is best for me. Or worse and darker, God must hate me. I'm unlovable, I'm a failure, and I have no hope. The third consequence is we light up the world less. We're a dim light when we don't follow well. So the world is actually less bright, it's less restored, it's less salty. Hypocrisy wins over humility and holiness. The world is more and more confused by Christians and we hurt people more than help them when we don't passionately follow Christ. On the contrary, in the book of Proverbs, grab your Bible, open it up to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. These writings make it clear the benefit of following closely to God. Hear what it says in Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you. Then you'll have a full and rewarding life. Hold on to the loyal love and don't let go and be faithful to all that you've been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favor and understanding with both God and men, you will gain the reputation of living life well. Do you see the benefits of following closely in that passage? They include a long, satisfying, full and rewarding life. One of favor and understanding with God and men. A life lived well comes from passionately following God. Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, goes on to tell us how to follow well. This may be an old passage to some and a new to others, but my hope is that God illuminates it in a fresh way to all of us. Listen to what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And he will make your paths straight. This passage is reminding us that in order to follow closely, we must put God in the right position and seek his direction. Putting God in the right position in our life begins with seeing him as Lord, as it says in Proverbs 3, 5. Note the all capital Lord. L-O-R-D, used here in the text. This word represents the Hebrew word Yahweh. 
the Lord who is the creator of all existence. This is the highest name the Israelites, the first followers of God, gave to him. It was such a holy name that they barely said it and used the lesser Hebrew word pronounced Adonai, meaning my God. The English version of this word in the Old Testament is Lord with just the L capitalized instead of the entire word being capitalized. So how about you? If Jesus is God, how do you refer to Jesus? For this may say something about your level of belief and follow. Remember the rich young ruler? He called Jesus only a good teacher. But remember Peter? Well, he called Jesus a lot of things in his day. But some of the best were Messiah, Son of the living God, and the Christ. However, when his following fire finally lit on a beach one morning at breakfast with Jesus, as recorded in John 21, Peter said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He called him Lord because he fully trusted him. Proverbs calls us to trust the Lord with all your heart. I would encourage you to try calling him Lord so that you give him more lordship in your life. Furthermore, in order to trust him with all your heart, you must allow the Lord to be at the center of your life. I want you to think of your life as a four-sliced personal pan pizza that represents the relationships, the resources, your health, and your career. The best place for Jesus to be is at the center, just like one of those plastic pizza savers that sits in the middle, protecting and influencing every slice in the box. When the Lord is at the center and heart of our lives, we are more likely to let him into our relationships, our resources, our health issues, and our careers. Remember me as a kid and young adult who didn't know how to follow Jesus? Well, my lack of allowing him to influence and protect me as Lord in the center of my life led to a lot of selfishness, a lot of purposelessness, and a lot of pain to myself and other people. And this can actually still be true today in my life when I don't let him be Lord. So now I want you to take some time to ponder and share with others at home or in the chat the following question about calling Jesus Lord and putting him in the right position in your life. Here's the question. What hinders you from referring to Jesus as Lord and putting him in the center of your four-slice personal pan pizza life?
As we conclude in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we further learn that to follow closely includes not just putting Jesus in the right position, but also seeking his direction. These words are so challenging to live out that we're about to read, but so life-giving if we do so. The text clearly, clearly declares, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. This passage always reminds me of a yield sign. On our roads, when we come to a yield sign, we're supposed to allow others to go ahead of us, then we follow. But in our humanity, this doesn't always happen. But God is calling us to surrender our position here so that we can truly follow the Lord Jesus in his ways. To lean not on our own understanding and to, in all your ways, acknowledge him involves yielding by asking Jesus for direction in all areas of our lives, be it in our relationships, our resources, our health, or career. To yield is to simply ask Jesus and follow his leading. Proverbs 3, 1 to 6, in the final verses, reminds us that following closely by putting Jesus in the right position and seeking his direction results in a promise from God stated in Proverbs 6, and he will make your path straight. This promise is declaring God straightens out the crooked things in our lives when we follow him. Think back to Peter. His life was a complete emotional, crooked, corkscrew roller coaster. Yet Jesus straightened out the crooked things in Peter's life based on his willingness to passionately follow him. Though we have limited information on the rich young ruler, we cannot make the same assumption of his life of getting straightened out based on his lack of willingness to follow Jesus. What is amazing is that Peter went on to show and tell us that if the Lord is in the right position in our lives and we are seeking his direction, the world will actually see the reflection of God through us. Hear what he said in his later writings. This is from Peter. Live such good lives among the world that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. 1 Peter 2.12. In essence, Peter is calling us to be mirrors to the world. This is what we're hoping happens in our G4 transformational loop that we showed you earlier, that as we believe and follow Jesus closely, that our lives will live into a natural, endless rhythm of gathering, growing, giving, and going, which results in blessing others and reflecting our values of following the Holy Spirit, living the Word of God, practicing healthy relationships, giving generously, seeking social justice, in sharing Jesus. We do this not because we must, but because we may. Not on our own strength, but through the power of Jesus as we believe and follow. As we close out today, I want to give you a moment, and I want to give you a prayer in that moment 
to help you follow closely so you can live into this G4 transformational loop by putting Jesus in the right position and seeking his direction so that you can be his reflection. This prayer, which I'll read through once, will remain on the screen for about a minute. It's also in your message notes for you to declare on your own. Hear this and then sit with it. Lord Jesus, help me to believe that you are the resurrected one, to follow your spirit wherever you lead, to gather to celebrate and remember you, to grow together with others in your likeness, to give of my abilities and resources, to go into the world to bless others and to be a reflection of your glory. Amen. Take a moment with that prayer and then go in peace and may you follow more PCC. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.